Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the CDL Podcast channel. In this episode today, we are going to be going over some brief news, probably the shortest news we've had uh, in the last few months, not much to talk about. Um, and then we're going to dive right into the matches from the past weekend, the final weekend of qualifier matches for Major 1. Uh, and then we are going to give our predictions, kind of a little bit of a different form of giving our predictions this week in a minute here. Uh, we'll talk about the chaotic week both Brock and I have ahead uh, as well as just the odd format. The CDL doesn't have the bracket up on the site for major one uh, in terms to do like an actual interactive pick So just a weird situation with both our lives and how busy we are this week and then the major. So we're going to talk about um, brief predictions for the major, maybe not as in depth as you'll see later in the year for the rest of them when we have a full fleshed out um, bracket and everything. But yeah, lots to dive into today, talking about matches and then talking predictions. Uh, but before we get into any of that, Brock, how are you doing today? Oh, we're doing very, very great on this Monday, actually. Work, work flew by, I'm not going to lie, so that's good. That's always good. I did watch some more matches this week, believe it or not, than last week. So I have more, talk to, have, I have more to talk about this week than last week. <laughs> yeah, um, same. I was able to get a lot more time to watch matches, even though um, it's been a hectic week, and we'll talk about that quick before we get into everything. Both Brock and I are moving this week, especially me. I'm getting everything out of the place I'm currently in and moving it mostly all tomorrow and Wednesday. And then right away on Thursday or Friday, I'm leaving instantly to go uh, to Minnesota this weekend. I'm going to the Vikings-Colts game. Um, so if you guys are newer, I'm a Colts fan. It's pain this year. They suck. But um, I got these tickets in August before the season started thinking that it would be two good teams playing at the end of the year. It's definitely not. But So I'm headed there. So I'm basically moving the whole week up until I leave. Uh for minnesota so it's a hectic week i'm gonna be able to catch some matches uh on friday probably not a lot on saturday because the game is um at noon on saturday and then i'll be home like saturday night so i'll be able to catch everything i'll take in all of championship sunday at least so it's a chaotic week that's why we can't wait for wednesday for the thieves ravens match to be um completed because my pc uh will be getting moved like everything will be chaotic we won't be able to record basically after tonight yeah um until next week so we got to do it today unfortunately we can't wait to see how the thieves ravens match turns out or the challenger matches um on wednesday i think they're being played we yep. can't wait to see how those uh turn out because it's just a chaotic week so sorry that we're not able to actually like do a full-fledged prediction based on the challenger teams that are in the bracket and stuff but we're doing the best we can to at least get an episode out this week Yep, definitely. All right. News we got to talk about. It's super brief this week. Probably not probably. Definitely the shortest week of news we have. Um, first thing, this happened obviously like last week, but it happened just after we recorded. The, the M4 got GA'd. I think it's a good thing. Um, it was obviously a very good gun. Every gun in this game or most guns in this game feel very good because of how fast the time to kill is. But um, mm-hmm. Brief stats, they're using, I guess, I want to just call it the SCAR because that's what it is, but it's called the TAC. Technically, they've been using that SCAR. Um, and in week one with the M4, about 71.6% of the kills in the game were from the M4, 24.4% were from the Vaznev, and then only 4% was everything else, um, like kill streaks, nades, that stuff. And then this week with the SCAR, the SCAR had 58% of the kills, so about a 13.5% drop um, in AR kills, 38%. Uh, to the Vaznev, so again, about a 14-15% um, increase in sub-kills, and then 3.8% to everything else, like streaks, nades, all that. So we did see uh, a more balanced meta this week. Yeah, definitely. The, the attack is like a... I mean, M4 is more, more the do-it-all. Up close, it fries. 
and mm-hmm. the t- you can see the difference this week with attack where it doesn't up up close it doesn't, it doesn't fry as much but long range it fries which yeah i mean to me that's perfect because when i think of an ar i want it to be a gun that has the clear advantage in like the long range fights mm-hmm. and even the mid-range fights but i want the sub to have the clear advantage in those tight quarters close combat lanes yep. and with the m4 it basically had the advantage in all of them yeah literally do it all gun yeah and like it's a fun thing to use, but like in terms of watching, like I don't want to just watch all the M4s dominate and the subs be in hell. And mm-hmm. personally, like when it comes down to a meta, I'd rather have a three sub meta. I don't think we'll ever get that in this game unless a lot more GAs go down. But like personally, I'd rather have a three sub meta as opposed to three AR meta. I think it's a little more fun to watch. Game plays a little faster. Mm, de- definitely. But I like to see the balance going in the correct direction. I don't know. It's never going to be like 50 50 because, um, it's a lot of times depending on the amount of the guns being used. Like there's still a lot of three uh, AR maps. So like obviously the AR is probably going to get a higher percentage of the kills, mm-hmm. but we like to see it trending in more of a 50, 50 direction instead of a, almost a 75, 25 direction. Yeah, definitely. I want to see a, a flex gun being put into the game eventually, but I don't know if that will actually happen. It's just so much tougher with four players compared to five. I feel like, the Maddox, as long as the like as well as the five player um like team size in BO4 just created mm-hmm. like the perfect storm for there yeah. to be a flex gun. Where like I yeah. mean we only saw the two years of five player teams. I think it's a good thing that they're gone, but like in MW there wasn't really it was just M4s and MP5s, but I don't know, Black Ops 4 was just like the perfect storm because it was like the ICR was super good, but you didn't really want much more than one on a map. I mean, sometimes on certain maps you wanted two and then like the SOG was that good sub, but with like the Maddox being so good and having five players, you could like throw two guys in the middle. I don't know. I just like I feel like that was like the perfect. It was, it was too good. Guy. It was too good to be true. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I guess we kind of had it a little bit though in like IW. The NV4 was kind of like the ICR, like a main like steady AR, then the K bar. Yep. It's kind of like a Maddox flex weapon, and then like the the ERADs towards the end of the year were the sub. So like I guess there was a bit of a flex weapon in there, so it's possible in fours. Yeah, it's possible, but I don't know if we'll get it in this game. Especially because like a gun like that in this game would be so OP. Basically, mm-hmm. the M4. That's basically what it would be. Yeah. Or like the somewhere. 74U. Yeah, definitely. And that gun is rightfully GA in my opinion because that gun's broken. That's probably the best gun in the game. That the little I've used it definitely. That, I mean, if that was allowed, really they'd probably run four of them. Yeah, four definitely. Because that gun is broken. So I, I don't a, know. Even though it's an AR, it's like a sub, basically. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I agree with you. I would love to see. I would personally, like, my favorite meta if they could do it every year would be to have, like, a slower main AR that's, like, beams from range but is pretty bad up close. Mm-hmm. A perfect in-between gun that, like, your best player utilizes uh, where, like, it's very good at mid-range and also can beam you from long range uh, and can kill up close and then two, like, traditional subs. I mean, I think that's the most fun meta to watch and it creates, like, an actual unique role for the flex but like I, I think it's a rare thing that takes a perfect storm of a game to have it in there yeah it's probably not this game unfortunately no uh then we had week two for viewership wise uh it actually peaked at about 150k for optic versus thieves which i mean is pretty good um and then also actually no 150k was optic ravens i'm sorry i'm wrong uh oh, then 142k about was Optic Thieves, and then the Ultra and Surge match hit about 110. And mm-hmm. the viewership was overall like down from week one, which you'd expect. Uh, but it was still much higher than like typical qualifiers, which is really good to see. Hopefully we see that trend continue where it at least stays 
Um, pretty high up there in viewership. Yeah, hopefully. But it was good to see it still like peaking over 100k on multiple matches, and also good to see it going over 100k on a match that Optic wasn't playing in. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I no the... thieves are phasing that match. What one was that one actually? It was Ultra Surge. Oh, that makes sense. Uh, that makes sense. Yeah, it's a good matchup. But like, you'd figure if it's no optic, it'd probably be Phase or Thieves, two other like big orgs. Yeah, I, I was kind of shocked with uh, 150k for the peak for Optic and Ravens. Yeah, I, I honestly like I saw that that was the peak in Optic, and I just kind of figured it was Thieves. I guess it makes sense maybe because it went map five. Yeah, that, so, like, that, that does make yeah. sense. Makes a little bit of sense there. Maybe that's the reason, but still, still kind of shocking. Like you would figure it'd just be Optic Thieves. Mm-hmm. But you love to see the viewers. Yep. Then we had uh, last thing already with news tiebreaker match to be played on Wednesday between LA Thieves and London Royal Ravens. The winner of the match goes to the group with Boston and Vegas, and the loser goes to Seattle and FaZe. Kind of good that's that way because I feel like the winner probably like they probably both want to go to the Boston and Vegas group because mm-hmm. um, you know Seattle has looked bad, but still like Seattle and FaZe are not teams that I want to be placed in a group with really. Uh, yeah, that'd be can, a... like, two teams can make it out, but they play on Wednesday. Obviously, like we said, we're gonna as we get to predictions, make a decision on who we say is gonna win that, and just make our predictions based off that. Because our hectic week, we don't have a chance to record after that match, so we just kind of have to roll with a, a prediction and hope that we're right. Hopefully, it hits. Yeah. Um, we got matches to react to, Brock, and then predictions. So, like we said, short news. Um. Yes, we didn't do. Mention it, uh, didn't mention it at the beginning, but if you guys enjoy this one, be sure to leave a like, comment, and subscribe if you're on YouTube. Drop a follow, drop a five-star review on the audio platforms. We were at about, last time I saw, like 797, 798 subscribers. We're right on the cusp of 800, so if you could help us hit it with this video, that would be great. Um, and yeah, we, we appreciate the support, and the support has been going crazy since the season started, so we really appreciate that. Um, let's get into talking about some of these matches from this past weekend. All right, let's get into it. We got a little more time to spend on it this week because we didn't have so much news, and this kind of the groove we'll probably get into for a lot of the regular season until we start to hit that period of roster rumors. Yep. Um, in terms of our predictions, we can just mention our points from last week uh, before we talk about the matches because we're not going to be doing points and everything. We don't have individual matches to predict for the major, but I ended up coming back and beating you in predictions. I was down six points in our confidence point scale. I got all the way up. I was negative nine. Week one, and I got nine points in week two. So I ended up with a fat even zero. You were negative three week one, and you did better this week with a zero in terms of your point skill yeah. um, <laughs> for a negative three. Honestly, you got your eight point confidence pick one wrong. So the fact that you ended up at a zero on the week is honestly pretty good because you got minus eight for yeah, picking LAG I'll over <laughs> myself. Um, thing that really helped me is I got a lot of correct map counts. I predicted like 33% of the matches correct with the right map counts this weekend. Mm-hmm. And also I got phase 3-0 over Vegas with eight points. Um, yeah. Right. So I got the max points of nine. That was on a that one. one. Yeah. But that was really the swing. You got minus eight for the LAG and I got plus nine for the phase. That was damn near a 17 point swing there. Um, yeah. That helped me come back on you. But I ended up winning the predictions for the first round, a little comeback. Um, for, we for can now. maybe do for like for a little now. more. Yeah, we can. We could do a little more like detailed stuff like based on our points on like the majors when they finally have brackets on the cdl site but yeah let's dive into some reactions to these matches um just 
kind of go in order of the way they happened. First one, Surge versus Ravens, kind of individual matches, overall takeaways from it. Um, Surge take down the Ravens 3-1. to Sib and Pred show. They look very good. Accuracy has a pretty steady series for him. Um, and Seattle looks good. They dominate the map one hard point. They take two hard points in this. They lose a search and destroy again, though, which, like, to me, this whole weekend as a whole, it's Seattle search is very concerning. Yeah, their search. They're really bad. They need to get together if they want to be a championship team. Which, like, shocks me, though, right? Like, I don't feel like they should be bad at search. They were pretty good at it last year. Yeah, they were. They roster. I don't, I don't know. Maybe just, you know, the, the new game, new game woes or something. And like, I, I don't know, like maybe you disagree with this. I don't know, like viewers out there listening, maybe you can like comment on this. But like to me, when I think in my head, like logically, it makes sense that like if a team sticks together from a previous title early in the year, I feel like they should be one of the better search teams. It, that would like, definitely make sense. Like, Asim and Zero have played together in Black Ops 4. Like, Nasty and Zero obviously have the chem from last year. Paul has played with both these players. Like, there is definitely chemistry on this London team. Like, they have players that have history together. But, like, this Surge team went through an entire season together. Mm-hmm. So, like, you would think early on in Surge, they would know how to play off each other a little more. And, like, they would be a little better. But they've been abysmal in Surge. One of the worst Surge teams. They can't figure it out. And they're honestly pretty good at respawn. Yeah. I mean, they won the series through three respawns. But, like... It's just weird to me. I feel, I feel like teams that carry over the roster should ideally be better in search at the beginning of the year as other teams figure out how to play with each other. Yeah, I I agree, but um, it ain't the way it works so far for them. Yeah, maybe maybe some of the players don't like the game as much. Could be. I um, we see kind of like not this series, but like overall in the weekend we see some flashes of like Sib really struggle, but once again like. I remember who who their second match was against. It was against who was it? Ultra. I remember in the hard point that they did win. Like Sib was like double negative, but had like a crucial two piece basically to win them the map mm-hmm. on a break. Which is like the whole we talk about it all the time. But like how Katie is only part of the story. Like Sib ended up going like seventeen and thirty or whatever on that map, but without his two piece, they don't win the game. So like sometimes it isn't always about the KD, but like you got to get the kills that matter. He did that later on, but yeah. I don't know. The important the kills do matter. Maybe on land they get better at search and then they dominate because I still feel like every respawn for this team, I feel pretty confident. Yeah. But if they lose a map one, yikes, watch out. Yeah, because that map two is like, you know, they're not doing great at it. (laughs) Yeah, the map two is almost like a locked in loss. So if they lose map one, they have to reverse sweep. Yeah. And yeah, I don't like that. But London, a little shaky. I mean, they played the second hard point pretty competitive and they play the control pretty competitive but like yikes they get dominated in that hard point they win a search against a bad search team um mm-hmm. i still like think that they're a decent dark horse candidate to maybe pull off an upset at the major but i don't i don't i don't see them doing anything crazy yeah i also agree with dark horse but when it, when it matters most they'll they'll most likely fold <laughs> yeah i mean a decent amount of experience on the team but also like i feel like before we move on we got to talk about asim a little bit that guy it seems like every year he does this the last couple of years, but he has been dominating for that team. He's been their best player. And mm-hmm. he's been, he was the same way early last year. He was very good. And I'm um, like slasher called him their best player at major two. when they were able to win it last year for LAG. And like, yeah, Asim looks incredible again. I just, it's so funny to me that this guy keeps bouncing around to teams. Cause eventually you'd think somebody would realize how much value he brings to a team and make him stick. But he just hasn't been able to stick onto a team for whatever reason. 
Uh, usually he's he's like really good at the, at the start, couple majors. Then the towards the end of the year, he like falls off a little bit more. Yeah, and more. yeah, he does have some inconsistencies. But like, man, when he is at his peak, he is he's a very irreplaceable player on a team to me because like the things he does in the map are things that not a lot of people do. Mm-hmm. It's yeah, very right. dirty work, and like he's willing it's to do it all. Like he would rather go twenty and thirty and make the crucial play and win the map, then go 30 and 20. Like some players are just out there trying to fry and like Asim literally yeah. doesn't care if he, if he has to go five and 30 to win a map, he'll do it. Yeah. He'll do, he'll do basically anything you need him to do this in the hill for three minutes. Yeah. So I like him a lot. Um, next match that we had though, was uh, rocker versus Florida kind of a dominating performance, um, from the rocker following that map one attach an Afro show. 1.38, 1.39, Cami mm-hmm. at a 1.32. Overall, Major Maniac really struggled in the series. Very low damage. Output out of him. Same with Havoc. They both dropped uh, 0.65s. Yeah. Very low damage output out of them. Um, so I'm not going to win much with, with those two yeah. dropping 0.65s. And like, to me, this was just a classic case of like what I thought and believe you agreed with on Florida is like, this roster is going to hit a talent deficit when it faces some top teams. Mm-hmm. They're, it's just kind of a fact of it. They're going to face a talent deficit. Now, we're going to say this, and then later on, we're going to talk about how they took out Thieves. So, yeah, like, that was very creative. Yeah, I mean, it's it's early on in the year. Like, things are going to happen. But, like, to me, this was just a case of, you know, Rocker being that dominant team talent-wise that we believe they can be versus a team that we maybe think is maybe lower on the scale of, of talent. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Overpowering. Overpowering Mutineers. Mutineers have looked pretty good in search. Uh, in that first week, granted, like like we said, we, when we say a team looks pretty good in a certain game mode or pretty bad in a certain game mode, it's such a small sample size right now that by the end of the weekend, we could we could be saying that Surge is one of the best Surge teams by the end of the weekend. Who knows? Because it's just such a small sample size right now. Mm-hmm. Um, but Minnesota looked very good uh, in Search and Destroy against a team like Florida that was pretty good in the first weekend. Like We thought Florida was one of the better Surge teams. Um, yeah, it's definitely and Minnesota kind of took it to them on Hotel. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I falls on the major maniac. He didn't have the best of the series, so they got whopped. Yeah, and I mean, like in the map for hardpoint, when you've got Afro dropping a one point six one and Cami a one point four, and then like more of your players that are supposed to be like your big slayers, Havoc and Vickle. I mean, Havoc maybe not necessarily supposed to be a big slayer, but he's a sub. Like he's got to be got to be playing pretty mm-hmm. well. I mean, he was double negative, and Vickle was at a point eight, and that map four. Like you're gonna need some more slaying power out of them. Yeah, definitely. If, also havoc like significantly lower damage to me like a lot of times you can tell a lot more about a match looking at the damage than the kd and i mean mm-hmm. havoc was far below everybody else in the lobby and damage on this map yeah getting more of those two if they want to get anywhere yeah although overall vickle has impressed me in like this first this first set of matches he hasn't been bad yeah he actually hasn't and and brack's been uh pretty good actually yeah he has been pretty good, um, which, which I thought he would be doing a little bit worse, but good for him. He, he, was, he was a solid player in BO4, and then he just like he just wasn't in the league anymore. So it's, we haven't seen him in yeah, so he's long. Like disappeared for a couple of yeah. years. Yeah, I don't know what happened um, there, but yeah. Brock, then we got your match that you put your eight confidence points on. Um, speaking of dominance, I don't even have that much in the series because New York stomped LAG in the series. Yeah, it was specifically in the response. The search was a pretty close match, but like also if you look at the search. In terms of the kills and deaths and damage and everything, I, it like doesn't even make sense how it went to around eleven. Yeah, I would. they're all both. They all kind of got fried. Eight. Seven and eight, five and eight, seven and nine, four and nine. We're on the side of 
New York seven and five, eight and six, twelve and five, seven and seven. And they were just pulling yeah. off punches. And, that means um, that means uh, gorillas are getting the important kills when it matters in search. <laughs> yeah, man down, clutching up. Yeah, Jesus, they did get mile up though. Holy, holy crap! Yeah, but they it, it was more like the reason that it looked so lopsided in terms of KDs is because the respawns were pretty dominant for uh, New York. They won by 120 in the map one hard point, and they three owed them in the control. Yeah. These guys went 19 and seven in the control. I mean, jeez, yes, guys um, showed up. That's for sure. Confusing. LAG is a confusing team to me because then obviously later in the week they go out and they beat a, a Boston team that I think both of us would agree. I mean, Boston went 0-2, but I think we both agree. Uh, Boston, we think they're a pretty good team. Yeah. So like and, the fact and that LAG in like, do you think New York going into this weekend was a great team? I didn't. I definitely did not either. So like they got dominated by New York, who we didn't consider a great team, and then they beat Boston pretty handily, who we would consider like I think a pretty good team. Yeah, like top five, top six. Yeah, so like confusing series, but that's kind of how the early portion of yeah. the COD season is. Very confusing. <laughs> I'm not ready to like write off LAG after a series like this, but like Mm-mm. I think we're going to see a lot of this from LAG. I think we're going to see a lot of series where they get dominated and then they randomly bounce back. And I, I kind of think this was a case of two teams that are figuring out their identity, especially like mm-hmm. obviously every team is figuring out their identity right now. It's early in the year, but like these are two teams specifically that like I think everybody thinks like their ceiling is top four and their floor could be pretty darn low. Like, yeah, it's like top four or less. It could be like, I mean, these teams both have talent to be like at the top contending for major wins. And I think there's also a world where they're in the bottom four, not making champs for both these teams. Like they have a very wide variety of what can happen. I think that's kind of what we saw. I think we saw subliners peak and uh, LA gorillas floor in the series. Yeah, they've definitely floored no one above a point. Not even a point nine. Point eight, yeah. I mean. Jeez. Rough series. Uh yeah. and the final match on Friday was Toronto versus FaZe, a match we were looking uh forward to. I remember in the last in like the podcast and the predictions, I talked about how Toronto had really struggled in the matchup, even though like it didn't feel like it. I believe it was Miles on the broadcast. I heard him say that uh Toronto as a franchise was on a ten match losing streak to face heading Jeez. into this one. So like yeah, that. I don't know. That, that's absurd, though, isn't it? Like, it, it felt like this was always a really competitive match dating back to like Cold War and Vanguard, right? Yeah, it's like it's like competitive, but it's like three one, three two. <laughs> yeah, but clearly, Phase was dominating because you don't you don't just accidentally get ten wins in a row against a team. Yeah, against a, a good team, and like through Vanguard and Cold War, Toronto's roster is basically the same from like early Cold War on when they dropped Zinni. Yeah. And obviously, Faze's roster was the same through those two titles. So that, that old roster of Faze dominated, but Toronto pulls it out this time. Mm-hmm. Three two comeback. Yeah, they come um, back, win it three two. Uh, I, I don't know. I'm. They probably should have won this in four. Uh, they blew that lead. Uh, uh, or they didn't blow the lead, but Kleenex dropped. Like, was this that map four is when you dropped seven? Uh, or no, was it map one? Yeah, map uh, one when you dropped yeah. the seven. Doug seven. Um, it was still competitive, like two fi- two thirty, two fifty, two thirty. Yeah, Selium seven. Selium and Slash were piecing on that map. I was watching that one. Um, they were piecing pretty well. I will say one thing about this match. Like when I look at it, I don't want to take anything away from Ultra because they played very well. I think that going into this next major, they have to be one of your favorites to win it. They are three and one, one of the best records. It just took out Phase, who we believe obviously is still a good team. Mm-hmm. Um, I think a positive for ultra was they were able to be very competitive in the hard points and like 
even if phase is not playing well, I think we all believe that they're going to be a very good hardpoint team just because like, hello, sympathy, easy, slasher. Like they're going to fry you. <laughs> yeah. For they're real. not going <laughs> to ever have an issue to get kills. So like we believe they're going to be a pretty good hardpoint team. Um, I think it was a good confidence builder for Ultra to be able to Neslo them though, when both searches into control and then keep the hardpoints very close. Yeah. Like if Kleenex doesn't have seven in map one, they probably could win it. If he has an average map. Yeah. If he, if he has like a, a point nine, they probably three oh low key. I mean, and both hard points. Like he struggled in the second hard point too. He went sixteen and twenty four point six. He had like no damage on the map. Like if Kleenex has his average map on both those, they probably three. Uh, they probably three ohm or I guess in this case they would have won both hard points. Yeah, but it is pretty good for Toronto if because the Kleenex just goes like a point nine, they could win the whole thing. Yeah, and we know Kleenex is not always gonna have point nine. Like he is gonna have some games where he takes over because that's what Kleenex yeah. does. He is inc- inconsistent at times, but most of the time he's usually more consistent than not. Well, and you kind of you kind of know this with Kleenex as a player. Like you, part of having Kleenex in your roster is like he has a lot more ups and downs. There's a reason he's a top tier sub every year. But like you kind of know with Kleenex as a player, he does have those series occasionally where he really struggles. He's sometimes inconsistent. So like you take the good with the bad. Like every once in a while he's gonna have series like this, but like trust me, he's gonna have more where he wins you a series than he loses mm-hmm. you one. And yeah. this time he didn't even lose in the series; it still ended up winning. Yeah, he play, you know, played bad. He probably admitted himself, but still got the W at, at the end of the day. 0.65 overall. Uh, in terms of phase, though, the one thing I will say is it's it's going to take a lot longer, and people might get annoyed with it, but I think for both of us, it's going to take a lot longer than any team for us to ever talk negatively or hit the panic button on phase because they're just always so good. Yeah. It's like the positive I can take away for phase in this series, also a negative if you want to say it that way, is Simp and Abizi, not great. Both of them below 0.9. Abizi almost below 0.7. But like, how often do you think we're going to say Simp had a 0.86 and Abizi had a 0.7 in a series? You know, n- not that much, I would say. Yeah. <laughs> and Abizi also having the lowest damage on his team, second lowest in the lobby. Yeah. He would probably Simp, won't do that again. <laughs> I mean, Simp being the second lowest on his team as well and third lowest in the lobby ahead of... uh I have a BZ and Kleenex. Like, I, I don't think we're going to be talking about Simp and BZ playing that poorly uh, as they did this series. And they still, like I said, almost came out with a W in the series. Like, it went to a yeah. bat five. They both played poorly and it was, they did almost come up with a dub. Yeah. So, like, hard to, to panic for them. But once again, even though we think a lot of things went wrong for the side of phase, Toronto was the one that got the win. So, we got to give them credit because they're looking like one of the potential favorites for this next major. Mm hmm. Good for stepping that ten game uh, loot streak to against. Yeah, get the that get the monkey off their back early because you never know. Like sometimes that'll get in the back of your head. Like man, we can't beat this team. But now could turn into a thing like we saw with Optic. Like everybody said, Optic couldn't beat Phase at all. And then mm-hmm. early last year they beat them. And then obviously like didn't end up continuing the whole year. But for like a good stretch of the year last year, Optic just wouldn't lose to Phase no matter who was playing at the time. Yeah, it was, it was like it was like like five in a row last year. Yeah, and like. One of them was with Prolute, and one of them was with General, and like yeah. a few of them were with Illy, like crazy dominance. So that, that's good for all of them. number for a while. Yeah, definitely. Then FaZe was able to bounce back right away. On Saturday, they played the first match versus Legion. They 3 0'd them. Um, talk about like, dominant. This it series was like, was like 30 minutes. <laughs> yeah, it was, and it was dominant. I mean, they won the hard point 250 to 207, uh, and that was probably a closer scoreline than it should have been. Temp was kind of playing Hero Ball. Yeah. Um, TJ got cooked. I mean, if you look at TJ, it's kind of funny. 18 and 19, but he had 1,300 damage only. <laughs> he was just picking up guys that were one shot. Um, and then it was a 6-0 search and a 3-0 control. So they literally, Legion didn't win a round after map uh, one. <laughs> like, 
I don't have much of this series. This was just a classic, hey, we're FaZe. We have way more talent than you. We're going to run at you. And Legion was like, yeah, okay, that makes sense. We can't beat you. Yeah, it's just classic, what you said, basically. Temp, temp tried, but, you know. Talent differential on this one. <laughs> yeah, need all four players to, you know, be doing good against FaZe at all times yeah. to, to win. Yeah, you, you really can't have anybody lack it. I mean, Kleenex, I guess, lacked a little bit in that Ultra series, but, like, they have a lot more players to make up for it. Yeah. That's more you would say. All right. Then we had Optic versus London. Optic wins in a 3-2 fashion. Illy end this uh, series with that Collat snipe mm-hmm. round 11. Um, positives like- and negatives for both teams. We already talked London a little bit. Uh, I will say, you know, we're trying to find out London's identity, and I still strongly believe Optic's a very good team. And I think it's good to see London hang around with them to a map 5. They kind of got beat up a little bit in that map 5, but, like, they won two hard points off Optic. Uh, a team that's never going to be easy to beat in hardpoint. Yeah, especially with that, that lineup they have. Yeah, I mean, it's kind of like the face thing. Like, they have four players that can all run at you, and, like, they're going to talent diff you a lot of times. Yeah. Um, We've talked about London enough. Like, I'm impressed with them. Uh, in terms of Optic, a little concerning that they dropped two hardpoints, but I think they'll be fine in hardpoint. Um, it's good to see uh, them win through two searches and a control though it's not a, a typical fashion we see optic winning um they usually are at least winning one hard point they're usually a more dominant respawn team that doesn't rely as much on search mm-hmm. so i would say if you're an optic fan you can look at that as a positive and say hey we didn't win a single hard point in the series and we still won it like we won through two three five not yeah, a typical yeah. optic way to win it's not but you know it gets the job done and i think it's positive like hey we don't usually win this way and we found a way to do it uh we got to talk about Scump, too. This guy's frying. The best player on his team. Yeah, clearly. it's not even a question. I mean, Dashi, Illy, Shotzi, they were all fine today. They all played well. Shotzi was a damage dealer. Um, but Scump, the man is cooking. Yep. No slide um, cancel, and he's cooking. Yeah, he's he's been cooking. He's been the best player, like you said. Not even up for debate. He's been the best player on their team. Um, I think even in that... Thieves series, he played pretty well. Yeah, he had a 1.04 overall in the C- the Thieves series. Like, seemed like he was making crucial plays in the map. Yeah, um, he's been their best player this year, like you said, and it's cool to see. It's kind of a outrageous to think that he's gonna hang up the sticks after this season. After we're watching him play so well, but I know. that's what's happening. But Scumpy, he looked incredible. Hopefully, he can continue that on to LAN. Well, I believe I believe he will. We just need some the other players just to step up. Yeah, uh, I mean and scump we never really have an issue with him translating anything to land i don't think we'll see optic have any issues translating to land yeah all right then we had new york versus boston a 3-2 in favor of new york so they go 2-0 on the week kind of impressive boston went 0-2 on the week overall they ended up losing later to lag um hydra pretty dominant in the series kismet honestly though was the player of the series to me Hydra, when you look at the numbers, was the best, but I don't know. I felt like Kismet was having more of an impact on the map, um, doing a little bit more of the dirty work. He was absolutely, absolutely crucial. And the map won to me. Obviously, Hydra was as well. He was frying. Mm-hmm. Um, also, Kismet went pretty massive, I believe. Oh, was it Was it this series? I can't remember. I believe it was in the control. He had a really, really nice play. I can't remember if it was this series or if I'm thinking of something else, though. Too many matches. It's all jumbled in my head. Um, yeah, facts. But... Kismet played incredible, I thought, in this series, and um, New York is able to come out with the win, 3-2. Impressive win for them, because they obviously needed a couple wins to get back on track this week, and they beat Gorillas and Breach, maybe not like signature wins, but I think two teams that are, are pretty solid, like they're, they're pretty good teams to beat, pretty solid wins. 
Yeah, definitely. It's good to see Kisbick uh, actually doing. He's doing pretty good. Yeah, he was a question mark of the team besides like a little bit of Priesta. Yeah, and with Wardy sitting on the bench, you know, it's kind of the storylines had themselves written. Like Kismet could easily be benched if he struggles, but he's been playing well so far. Um, yeah, it's, it's great to see, honestly. And a slight bounce back series from Priesta. We were kind of questioning him, but he played pretty well in the series as well. Yeah, he did. He's not gonna be your best player, but you know, he could be the second best. And one thing I love to see, Vivid, 100 kills, 101 deaths. This guy was flying. He's a run-in. And, like, it's not like his sub-duo wasn't, like, really following him up. Nero also had 97 deaths, close to the same amount of deaths. He just wasn't getting the kills. He landed 78 mm-hmm. kills, but he was getting in the engagements. I I don't know. As a, I mean, I usually run a sub when I, when I play COD, but, like, as an AR player like Zinni, Vivid has got to just be, like, the best teammate. Uh, yeah honestly probably <laughs> he's chilling yeah i mean he's baiting for you he's running in first he's just doing like everything opening up uh the map taking pressure off you because he'll hit everything out without hesitation and like, mm-hmm. you don't have to worry about like telling your sub to go or your sub playing too slow with vivid because he's gonna run and he's gonna run at you sometimes it might get a little bit too much but like i love to see 100 and 101 i think the impact yeah. that vivid had in the map i think that's the reason why we saw boston playing so well week one and i think they have a, I think Boston has a chance to make a good run. Definitely. I definitely think so, too. All right. Got Thieves, Florida. Maybe one of the, the big shockers, along with uh, the first match on Sunday that we'll talk about in a minute here. But Thieves versus Florida. We talked about the talent diff. Uh, this would be another case that I would think Thieves should be able to just talent diff Florida. But Bracken Major Maniac, the ARs on Florida, came to play this series. Um, they had the mm-hmm. series... Uh, Octane kind of struggled in this one, and Florida is able to take out Thieves 3-1. They won three straight after losing the map one. Um, 6-5 were able to win around 11 in Search, a team that um, we said in the beginning of the year before the season, this team's going to have to make Search and destroy their backbone, and um, yeah. they were able they to take out Search. I mean, I think if they lose that Search, they probably get 3-0, and I feel like they would have lost map three. Yeah, they probably lost full. But yeah. then they went in, like, oh, we can win this, guys, and then, you know, what, you never know what happens. They, they win it. Yeah, and I like they're a team that to me, like I still think Florida bottom four team. I don't think they're that good, but their search and destroy is super solid right now. That like if they just are able to steal a map one off you, they didn't in this series, obviously, but mm-hmm. they're a team that I feel like if they're able to steal a map one off you, things get really interesting because they're very good at search. So if they take that map one, all of a sudden they get up 2 0. Even if you're not the better team, like when you're up 2 0, chances are you're going to close out more of those series than not. Yeah. Thieves, though, a little shaky, and it's like, this is why this COD so far in this season like, has been so weird. Like, I'm like, Florida beat Thieves? I think Florida's one of the maybe the bottom three teams, and like, what is wrong with Thieves? Like, they're not very good, and they go out and beat Optic later in the week, so like. Yeah. They're very creative from a lot of teams this week, just lose, and lose, lose one game, then bounce back next game in, in, in a good way. Like, we're trying to have reactions to our thoughts in these teams, but like, it's so early in the year. We have so much more to learn. We're still learning stuff about the maps and how they play and the way teams play it. And like teams are learning if they like two ARs or three ARs on a map and we're GAing weapons left and right. And like mm-hmm. we're learning so much about maps and like we try to have a reaction to a team. We're like, man, are we ready to hit the panic button on Thieves? And they beat Optic later in the week who we think has a pretty good chance to win the major. So like, yeah, <laughs> we flip flopping probably a lot on teams because we're just learning so much. It's not, it's not like, uh, like football or something where like you can kind of see the eye test tells you a lot more right away. Like you can pretty early on at least 
Um, after watching like a lot of football analysis, we can pretty early on tell after a few games if teams good or not. And in COD, it's like one little switch can make or break a team, and like a team might look terrible for two weeks, and then at the major, um, maybe a team like LAG who's looked super shaky all of a sudden is going to figure out the major, finish top three, and then mm-hmm. roll the rest of the year. Like in COD, is just so up and down. Yeah, especially last year where the th- the thieves were, you know, they they were they had the struggles, and then they switched Kenny to the sub and the back to back champions. Just they're like mid, and then all of a sudden they're the best. Yeah. Um, and that took, yeah, like you said, till basically the end of the year for them to become the best. Yeah. All right. Then we probably had the shocker of the weekend or one of them, I guess, with the other ones that we talked about to start the day on Sunday, <laughs> Vegas took out the undefeated three and oh rocker at the time. Um, Temp Jeez. and clay, the AR duo had themselves a series. They definitely did. They took both hard points and the search. So kind of nice to see them not do it through three respawns, but Temp, my man, was cooking again on the map one. TJ, shout out to TJ. He was cooking 4, first map. damage. Yeah, 4,000 damage. Most kills, most damage in the lobby as a sub. I mean, TJ cooking him up. Cooked little, him up in the search as well. Little lower two vintage TJ there. Yeah, and then Clay absolutely fried him and put him away um, in the I'm map four. Hydro. This was a series two where Clay got like an ace to close out the search and destroy with three snipes. Mm-hmm. Um, Vegas showing some life though, huh? They they are they're not yet not out yet even with all their struggles and all the turmoil supposedly that's in their camp. Oh, and it was the first win since uh, Major Two of last year. Yeah, they haven't they haven't won in a while, so you know, gotta <sighs> get the first one. Off, gotta get the first one. And they might end up finishing last this year again, but like this is a different Vegas team. I think we can all agree on that. Yeah, um, they're definitely or I guess, it, it, different it, legion different. team, I should say. Yeah. They're better than the years past, which isn't saying much. Like, couldn't get much worse. Yeah. So saying they're better doesn't mean they're good by any means, but, like, they're a competitive team. Minnesota is a good team. Mm-hmm. Regardless of what you think of them, Minnesota is a good team. They're not an easy team to beat. And um, Vegas came out, and they beat them. And they didn't look terrible. Like, Vegas is a competitive team. Picking Vegas this year in a match isn't wild. Like, last year, if you were picking Legion, it was considered, like, absurd. Like, clearly it was, because they didn't win in Major 3, Major 4. They didn't yeah. make chance, like... <laughs> Clearly, it was pretty insane to pick Vegas uh, or Legion in those matches. And, you know, especially with their group this time, like, say London wins over Thieves. It's like London, Vegas, Boston, and a challenger team in their group. It's not impossible that we could see Legion make it out. Last time at the Pro-Am, they made it out of their group. Yeah, just one one good day. Yeah. Uh, Then we had, uh, what is it, Surge and Ultra match. Oh boy, uh, Toronto continue their streak as I think we would say one of the favorites. Um, another mm-hmm. rough series from Kleenex though. Something to maybe keep our eye on. He had a he had a rough weekend. Something to keep our eye on as we head to the major. Where like if Kleenex steps it up with the way the rest of the guys are playing, they might be my favorite to win it. Yeah, he had a rough um, weekend, but you know they're still winning. <laughs> yeah, and then they win three one. So like I don't know. This series to me is more about the surge than the ultra. Yeah. Like, I think the Ultra are very good. I think, like I said, one of the favorites to win the next major, not a lot to take away from the series besides they beat a team that I would consider pretty solid, but one that they should beat. For Surge, though, man, they win the hard point and then they lose the search and things just kind of unravel for them. Like, they can't I don't get know. over the hump on search. Yeah. And like, it's just so weird. Like, Sib goes 19 and 29, the map one. Obviously, like I said, though, he they had a little comeback. He was the guy, the catalyst for the crucial two piece to basically win on the map. And then, can't get over the hump and search insight and scrappy dominate them. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
I'm getting a little concerned about Surge and their search to destroy, like we said earlier, but not much other takeaways from this one besides Ultra are a top team right now and Surge still have the talent, but uh, I don't know. I don't know how I feel about them going into this first major. Yeah, you think Surge, if it win the search and destroy, you know, maybe 2 0, I do want a hard point. But but they lose it and they're like, oh, maybe, maybe we're going to lose this game. Yeah. Yeah, I would I would agree with that. It's it's a uh, it's tough when you can have almost no faith in one of your game modes because like you know in, in some ways it starts to get in the back of the players' heads. Mm-hmm. I don't think that's happened yet. It's way too early for that to happen. Like they've only played what four or five search matches this year. Like it's yeah. too early for that to happen, but like it's something that we gotta keep our eye on. It's gonna eventually happen if they keep losing. <laughs> mm-hmm. We need some accuracy to step it up. Tell yeah. the guys what to do on search, because you know that's what he is. That's what he does. It's a good. I feel like like something could happen at the major where like they're struggling, they get down all one in their first series, and then like something clicks, accuracy clutches like a one v three when it's three three, mm-hmm. and then all of a sudden it's like a catalyst. Boom! They win that search and they start rolling or something like. I, I could see something like that happening with how talented they are in respawn. Yeah, yeah, just that little switch. Yep. Sometimes all it takes one random play just flips a tournament on its head, and uh, you've heard players talk about that a million times. Yep. Then in this optic series. Um, an odd series because I felt like Optic was the better team for a lot of the series, but they lose it three one. Um, yeah, close yeah. maps, close maps, except that map four. Um, Optic won the map one, obviously. Where guess who again? Scump was piecing, Illy was piecing, Scumper, Shotsky and Dashy did their job. Um, then the search and destroys where it all unraveled to me. Um, Optic was up five three, I believe. Oh yeah, the, the five three curse. <laughs> yeah. And they lose this one. I feel like once again, just like the series you talked about earlier, I can't remember which one. I feel like if Optic wins this, maybe they don't 3-0, but I feel like they close the series out if they win that search. Yeah. Um, and then they end up losing. They end up losing in a really close hotel. And then from there, I feel like they lost two two close maps. It's like kind of a their head's slightly out of it. And yeah, Thieves is locked kill. in from yeah, and Thieves is locked in from two really big tight wins, uh, comeback wins, and then they close it out. But to yeah. me, this was two very good teams battling it out. I'm I'm not crazy high on thieves after beating optic and i'm not crazy low on optic after losing mm-hmm. thieves to me that's what i expect the series from these two teams to be like just crazy battles comebacks tough match because these Watches. are two very talented teams yeah over it was us overall good yeah. it could have gone either way like you said yeah. optic could have easily won it optic could have easily 3-0 and you know we could say the same for thieves because they were close in that map one and had a couple good comebacks in the map two and three mm-hmm. and everything so i mean yeah I think this struggled, is, though, again. Yeah. yeah, and I guess on the side of Thieves, it's nice to see Envoy continuing picking up where he left off and draws a plane really well. It is a little mm-hmm. concerning that Octane had another bad series and Kenny wasn't the best, but on the side yeah. of Optic, good to see Dashy getting back to his 1.2 ways. Oh, yeah. You love, love also to, to me, see it. Good to see Illy playing so well. I believe Shati has COVID right now, or he's sick? Yeah, he was like, again, he was sick for a couple weeks, I said, or something like that. So like maybe could be affecting his play a little bit, but good to see Illy Fry because um, I kind of feel like for this optic team, like you know Scump's going to do his thing, especially this year. You know Shotzi's normally going to do his thing, Dashy's going to do his thing. Like to me, this team becomes goes from like great to like or good to great when Illy's playing well. Mm-hmm. That's like last year when they won it. Illy's playing real well. Yeah, he's the X factor in the team. When he plays really well, this team becomes almost unstoppable. Yeah. Um, they go from being like a very good team that's going to win a lot of their series to an almost unstoppable force when Illy's playing well. He's kind of got a catalyst for the team. Yeah. And and D- Dashy just, 
he he always seems to fry control. That's his like game mode. <laughs> yeah, sit back, look over a point, and mow him down. Yeah, he's like always going. I don't think I ever seen him negative on a control. Yeah. Uh, final series, Brock. We had your boys LAG going up against Ooh. Boston. They got stomped. And they got one start on map one. <laughs> Two fifty to sixty nine, probably the biggest margin we've seen. I'm a clear hundred point club. They got stomped on the um on the map one, and then they won three one. Yeah, then they, they dominated kept the, the search destroy. Vivid dropped a donut in oh, map two. Is oh, that the first donut in search? I think so. I saw a picture of like Octane or Vivid joining Octane's donut. Oh, shop I I did, I did see that. <laughs> yeah, that, that was funny. But they got absolutely dominated in map one, and I was like, well, here comes a quick three zero from Boston and. Um, LG yeah, turned it on its head, and Neptune with a good series, Hook with a good series. Um, big weight continues to fry for the side of Boston, but I, I like the composure out of LG this series. Mm-hmm. <coughs> Definitely. I, after the first map, I'm like, well, this gonna be a 30 minute game, 3 0, and then they, you know, kept their composure. Yep, grinded it out. But I will say, uh, what is it? Uh, Spart. He's gonna, he's gonna have to start going, you know, do, doing better on some of these series, or else he might get the boot. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of classic from him. Like he he has flashes, and then like we see him get dropped, and at some point, can't keep being flashed. It's got to become a little more consistent. But yeah, the talents there. It's just like I don't know. I feel like Neptune and Hook talent wise can be a very good sub duo, and like I always say, they play similar. They both play kind of rattier route man mm-hmm. flank styles, and like. I always say, if you're going to have a route man flank style, just have two of them. Just have them play together. Have them play the same way. Yep. Um, kind of how like Zuma and Atash always worked to me. Like Zuma was a slower like sub in terms of he wasn't always in your face. Like he played very, very fast, but like he liked to hit routes and flank. And Attach was always a slower sub when they played together. So it just kind of worked. Like either of them was super in your face. Attach would like do his job and kind of like keep them distracted while Zuma would hit a pinch and like they yep. worked so well together. Um, I don't know. It's kind of why I think Simp and Abizi work so well to the, uh, so well together because Abizi's so fast and Simp is pretty quick to follow him up. Like, yeah, I'd rather have your subs playing the same way together, and that's like kind of what we see with Neptune and Hook. They're both more ratty route men, and like our mm-hmm. subs, we know what he brings. I don't know. Like, I agree. We need to see Spart step up because I feel like if this team had like an awakening, ooh, like a slaying flex, Brian. ooh, like they would they would be really good. Like to me, Spart is a little bit. Maybe holding him back. Uh, something a I could bit, see. Yeah. Maybe if he struggles, I don't know. Well, this is way too early to talk about roster switches. But like, if Spart would continue to struggle, like a Priesta <laughs> move to here could make sense. Like taking a shot on another guy with a lot of talent because you might be able to get him on the cheap if he struggles some more. Like, yeah, sounds kind of weird. Like if he struggles again. Like, we're how many years into Priesta struggling now? Um, like three. <laughs> yeah, but like you know that talent's there. Like if you could just plug him in. And I don't know, something could click. So, yeah. Or it could be Spart. Maybe Spart starts picking up. He drops consistent 1.1 in this team's top team. Yeah. If he drops a point, a consistent point, like nine, they'd be so much better. Yeah. We just need to see a little more slang out of him, especially if he's going to be a second AR on the team. Yeah. I think right now he's like, yeah, I looked up early. He's like the lowest KD in the CDL. Yeah. Got to see so, more out of him. He's like 0.76 or something. And yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah, we got to see more of him for his career wise, too, because if it becomes his third stint where he gets moved to the bench pretty quick, it might be 
Time might be up on him being in the CDL because you can't get benched that many times in a row and be yeah. called talented. Keeps, keeps you know. getting his number called. Eventually, yeah. they're going to stop. <laughs> well, I mean, clearly, we know the talent's there. You don't win an MVP and win a major if you don't have the talent, though. Like, it's there. He, he misses the Volk. Yeah, he's just got to <laughs> tap into it. <laughs> yeah. All right. That's it for matches on the weekend. We're going to jump into predictions for Major 1. Like we said, going to be a little different because we don't have an official bracket. It's like a, a bit of a odd format because it's not our typical format it's group mm-hmm. stages which we're used to from the cwl era but yep. not typical to the cdl um but we're going to look at each individual group obviously we don't know what challengers teams makes it out uh so we're gonna basically i think for when we pick what two teams we each think is going to make it out of a group we're just going to pick between the three cdl teams because like it's so hard to say like hey this challenger team is going to make it there because like we said we can't wait until the matches are done because of our situation this week yep. um so like we're just going to pick two of the cdl teams to make it out We'll do a brief challenger segment where we like think we say which challenger team we think is most likely to make a run. Pick what two teams we think are going to make it out of each group. Um, maybe like the way we think they're going to make it out briefly. Then we're going to say who we got in the finals, who we have winning MVP. Maybe if you have other teams you you think are going to make a run to like top four, but you didn't get to mention it. Mention that. But first things first, Brock. What challenger team is going to make a run? I've got the rosters pulled up here. What challenger team? Ooh. To me, like. So admittedly, like I said, in terms of uh, Latin America, APAC, I don't know a lot about those teams. So admittedly, I'm ignorant. Maybe one of those teams is the best challenger team there. I just know more of the names in the EU side. To me, when mm-hmm. I look at the teams, the f- mostly French team with Brezzi, it's the only player I really know. I don't think I'm leaning towards that team. I like the Elevate team just because I know Vortex has been dominating challengers for years in the CDL era now. And they've got Harry and Gizmo both from London. Denz's name is always floating around. Yeah, so, I would, I would probably say the LAG Academy team with like Seed Assault, Diamond Con, and mm-hmm. Joe Deceives. That's a good one. I think they're they're pretty likely. I feel like they're one of the teams that will for sure make it into pool play. In terms even, of like four uh, teams, I like I, I like that EU team with Gizmo and Harry. Mm-hmm. I like the EU team, like Spanish team with Journey Super. Mm-hmm. Yako and Lucky. In terms of the four teams I think are going to make it out, yeah, I'm going to say that Journey Super Yako Lucky team makes it into pool. I think the Gizmo Harry team, Vortex will make it in. And then I think Assault Exceed, that group. And I think Rocker Academy will be the other one. I think Fame, God, or Xpander. A lot yeah. of experienced players there. Those um, two, they've played for a while with each other. In terms of, yeah, I think the team I am going to pick to make a run of one of the teams, if we're one were to make a run, would be Rocker Academy. Just because I like the experience on land, I think God RX and Pander are a duo that's been around literally forever. Like I remember them yep. playing together in World War II as a duo. Yeah. Uh, and they're both very good players. Real is supposed to be such a talented up-and-coming sub. And then I watched Fame in College Cod, and also we saw him a lot on land. That guy is very talented. Yeah, he likes to he likes to chirp. <laughs> yeah, and he's he's a very good player. Like I like that team with Real and Fame are two subs that are known to be like people have their eye on them as some of the top talented challengers. Mm-hmm. So like with a sub duo like that, um, I don't know. That's typically a catalyst for a team to make a run is that they have very talented subs. So I'm gonna look at that team specifically and say like if I had to pick out a team, Rocker Academy is the one I think will make a run. Yeah, I would definitely pick LAG. Okay. So, I mean, I think those are probably the two most common picks, too. I think LAG and Rocker Academy are the two people are going to be picking. Yeah, but I think we, we can't sleep on this this team on the bottom. Uh, what is it? D1 Gaming? 
Hell yeah, they got legend. Uh, <laughs> go, you might go crazy. <laughs> and like, I hope they do because I would love to see a Latin America team because they're the new, the new, uh, new ones to the party in terms of a challenger region. Mm-hmm. I would love to see them put them on the map so we can see some more talent coming yes, out of that region for them. Because I mean, it's a pretty untapped region in terms of like we don't know a lot of players that have come from that region. So I'm all for a team just coming out and dominating and finishing top four or something and putting that region on the map so we can start to see more players because for pulling from more and more talent pools all over the world, we're just going to continue to raise the level of play we see in the league. Yep. It's good for the league too. All right. And I'm sure in terms of Latin America too, there's a ton of viewership to be pulled from there as well. So if they have a a challenger team dominating, uh, they're going to show some support. That's one thing we know about um, that part of the world is they are supportive. So, Oh, yes, they are. (laughs) We'd like to see Latin America come out and, I'd like to see them make it out of groups personally, but problem is it's hard for me to pick them because I just don't know much about that team. Yeah. All right. Let's go to the brackets. Um, oh, first of all, we agreed before the podcast for the tiebreaker, LA Thieves versus London. Since like we said, we can't wait for the match to be over with our situation. We're going to pick LAT to win that tiebreaker. Yep. So they're going to go to the Boston Vegas group for our picks and Ravens are going to go to the Seattle and phase group. So hopefully that's the way it works out in terms of our predictions. But if it doesn't, super unfortunate. Just obviously, normally <laughs> we would just do an episode where we reacted this week and then we talked about um, predictions. Like we do it Wednesday night. We just do a double episode this week. But unfortunately, it's not the way it's going to work. Because I'm not going to really have a PC for the rest of the week following today. Yeah, it's a little hard to do in our circumstance. Yeah. So we got the groups here. Um, let's start with Group A. That one we know for sure. It's Rocker, Gorilla, Subliners, and then a Challengers team, Challengers number four, which will be the fourth seed. Um, the fourth seed of Challengers team to make it out of the groups. We got on this one. Like we said, we want we predicted like the Challengers team we think can make a run just so that we have like that out there of who we think, but we're basically gonna be picking between the three teams since we can't wait to see what Challengers teams make it out. So we're gonna be picking between well, the three CDL teams. I'm- I'm going to guess that Rocker does not choke against the 4C Challengers team, so I'm going to mm-hmm. pick them to go through. Yeah. And then this is like, oh, it's kind of, if you remember, it's kind of like the home series, like the way the bracket is. Basically, like, Rocker plays the Challengers team since they're the top seed in the bracket. Gorillas and Subliners play each other. Um, the winner of those two matches play each other uh, to see who makes it out of the group as the first seed. And then mm-hmm. basically, if you lose, you go down to a loser's bracket. So, like, the losers of the first two matches go down and play each other. One of them's eliminated. Uh, and then the winner of that elimination match plays a loser of the qualifier match, and then it's kind of confusing to hear, but like when you see a bracket, it makes perfect sense. Yeah. Um, so you're saying Minnesota's going to take out the Challengers team, uh, then it's Gorilla Subliners? I'm going to take the Subliners, honestly. Okay, those are your two teams you have making it out? Uh, to make it out? Uh, no. Oh, you think Gorilla's going to clutch up? I think the Grills will lose the first game, and then you know they like the team lose the first game, then they bounce back. Okay, so they lose first game, bounce back, they make it out with the Rocker. I actually fully agree with you on this. I actually think that Rocker is going to roll. I think they're going to beat the Challengers team. Um, I think they're going to beat Subliners in their second match, make it out. Uh, then I think Subliners and Gorillas will play in the qualifier round again on the bottom to make it out. And I think Gorillas will take them out the second time. I think it's going to be Rocker and Gorillas out mm-hmm. of the group. Yeah, I don't love the pick because I do think subliners are a more talented team, but I don't know. I think RCD's Hook. I think this is a pretty good veteran team on land. New York's maybe a little newer. 
uh, together. And I don't know. I, I just like this Gorillas team. I think they have a little bit of an it factor to them. I think they're going to make it out of their group. Yes, yes, yes. So we agree on that one. Yep. Um, then we go over to Group B, another group that we know for sure. We've got Toronto, the chal- the third seed from the Challengers bracket. Optic and Mutineers. Brock Optic's playing oh. Florida on land. We know that wasn't oh. very kind of them last they year. Might, they might be shaking a little bit. Are they going to sub in Dave Petty? Yo, if they sub if they sub in Dave Petty, I'm taking Florida all the way. <laughs> yeah. It's a little nerve-wracking, though. I know it's completely different teams, but like Florida's had Optic's number on land. Mm-hmm. Oh, well, I'm going to take Toronto Ultra against that challenger team. Who's the third one? I agree. Against the Rocker Academy? Actually, no. Yeah, one of the whoever it was. Doesn't yeah. matter. And I, then... I agree. I would take Toronto to win. Um, who, who are your two teams you got coming out? Two teams coming out? Optic, Toronto. I agree. I feel like that's what everybody's going to pick out of this bracket. It seems so obvious because, like, I think a lot of us believe Ultra is one of the favorites. And I think a lot of us also believe Optics one of the favorites to win this. Yeah. In Florida, we view as a bottom team, so it makes all too much sense. But seeing that it makes so much sense probably means Florida is going to make it out, and one of these two teams isn't. Yeah, that's how that's how the cookie crumbles. Sometimes it feels like. <laughs> I mean, it seems so obvious that Optic and um, Ultra are going to make it out that the Challengers team in Florida will probably end up making it out. Yeah. Who, who knows? But Florida, you know, it'll be, it'll be very competitive for them, though, this weekend. I do think Optic's going to come out of this as the one seed, though. I think Optic's going to beat Mutineers and then beat Ultra and come out of this group in the one seed, and then I think we're going to see Ultra come out of the lower section and qualify as a second seed. But I agree. Once again, I think Ultra and Optic come out of this one. Yeah. I actually agree with that, too. I think Optic's going to come out as one seed Ultra, too. Yeah. So we're kind of in lockstep here. We pretty much agree on what's going to happen so far. Um, then we've got the third group where things get a little interesting because we don't actually officially know it yet. It's phase the second seed from Challengers, Surge, and then the loser of LAT London, which for our sake of making the predictions, we're going to say is London. Uh, we, yeah. here. I feel like, I mean... Phase, obviously. I think Phase come out as the first seed of this group because I think uh, London and Surge are two teams... I don't have a lot of faith in and a challenger's team. I'm going to take phase over them. So I'm taking phase to come out and sweep it out of here and go as the one seed from this group. Yeah. Historically. So, Hey, you never know. I'm still taking phase first. Yeah. Uh, This is is where it gets a little interesting. You're taking surge. Oh, this is, this is tough. I mean, I'm going to take surge. Honestly, taking them to come out two seed then. Yeah. It's much talent. Everybody knows like how I feel about Surge. I have like so much faith in them. And like it feels like a toxic relationship now at this point because like my faith hasn't wavered in them at all, even though they've sucked. And like I'm a little nervous for their search and destroy. Especially mm-hmm. if LAT ends up being the one that actually comes into this group. I think Thieves will probably come out of it with FaZe. Um But we're saying London's in here. Ah man. I'm going to agree. I'm going to agree. I'm going to say FaZe comes out as the first seed and Surge comes out as second, but I don't feel like the other ones I felt pretty good about. I was a little shaky maybe on LAG, but I'm I'm not very confident in this one. I do think there's a very, very realistic possibility London comes out. I also think that depending on the challenger team that gets placed in here, I think this is a spot where I could see a challenger team making it out. Oh, yeah. If it's London, like Surge and London are both shaky. Like if there's a hot challenger Mm -hmm. team that comes in here, I, I could see a world where they make it out. 
Yeah. Now, I would take a Surge to potentially make it out as number one if their Surge wasn't so bad. Yeah, because they, they tend to play pretty well against FaZe. Yeah. I, I agree, though. I am going to go with Surge and FaZe, but it's shaky to me. I, I really could see any of the other three options, including the Challengers team coming out. I, I just for sure have FaZe. Mm-hmm. Then, last thing we've got, uh, last group, Group D, is the Boston um, versus the first seed from Challengers, and then Legion versus either LAT or London, which in this case we're saying LAT beat London. So LAT versus Legion. Boy. LAT. You got LAT coming out as one seed? Uh, yeah. Who, 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 who is the first seed Challengers that goes in here, actually? I think it I think they have like a bracket um that they're gonna play and I'm assuming it's like whatever team comes out on the top. Like I think it's kind of like this. It's like there'll be a clear first through fourth seed. That or okay. I'm assuming it's like the highest seed team based on like um what is it called? I can't even think of what's called now. Challenger points. What is it called? Pro points. Pro points, yeah. Um I think maybe it'll be like the four teams that make it out, highest pro points to seed one, maybe. I'm not exactly sure how the seeding is going to work. Okay. Okay, I'm a... I'm going to... I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take, take that first seed challenge team to make it out <laughs> with, with, with LAT. Oh, you're taking... So you're taking the challenger team to be second seed and Thieves to be first seed? Yeah, I'm taking the challenger team. I'm going Which, a completely different route. I'm taking Boston one seed. Oh. I think Boston's. I think Boston's going to handle the the Challengers team, and I I think they're going to play uh, Thieves. And I think they're going to handle Thieves. I think they're going to like three one kind of stomp them a little bit. I like this Boston team. I think I think they're going to have a good weekend. I, I'm spoiler alert. I'm not taking them to win it, but I think Boston's going to finish top three. I think that is top three, a... maybe top four. Ah, maybe top four because there's another team I like to finish third. So I'm going to say top four because there's another team that I like to finish for Boston. Third. But I'm gonna say they make a top four. I think they get out of this one seed, and mm-hmm. I'm gonna pick Thieves to get out two, just because I, I just it, it's weird to imagine a world where Thieves doesn't make it out of their group. But like, I don't hate Vegas as a as a dark horse. I don't hate the first seed. I think this might be the most interesting group. I thought it was kind of gonna be boring, but I think this maybe really regardless of who it is, LAT or London, I think this is maybe the most interesting group to me. Mm-hmm, definitely, because Boston are the one seed in it, but like. They're definitely not like a, a locked, super strong team. Thieves in London, like we think that they're pretty good, but they've been inconsistent in Vegas. You know, they're not your usual legion. They're actually competitive. And then they also get what will ideally be the best challengers team coming into this one. Yeah. This is an interesting one, though. I, 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 yeah, on that, though. I'm going to take the LA, yeah, LA team first. And then what I think will be LAG Academy to come in this group. What I think. Okay. I like it. All right, then we've got, so we got all of our teams that we believe are coming out. We're pretty much the same, mostly. We have most of the same teams. Um, let's say what two teams we got in the finals. Obviously, we don't want to predict a full bracket. It's, it's pretty interesting how the bracket shakes out. We don't have the, the interactive bracket to just go mm-hmm. along with who you have in the finals and who you got winning. You want me to go first, or you go first? Uh, you, you can go first. All right, I've got a rematch of a match we saw this past weekend. I've got Toronto and FaZe. In the finals, Ooh. I think FaZe are going to put it together um, and make a good run at this tournament. I think Toronto looks really strong. I'm going to go bold. Normally, I would always play safe and pick FaZe. I'm going to pick Toronto. 
think Toronto wins this weekend. I think Scrappy gets his first event win in his first event as a pro. Um, kind of starting a, a little story, starting his little aches um, story arc. He seems to be trying yeah. to go on, becoming like a, a trash-talking villain. Um, yeah. And I think Faze are just a, a not the hardest pick to make, you know, because they're Faze. Like, I think Simpa, BZ, Selium are going to figure it out on LAN. So I got Toronto over Faze in a final, a close one. I think Toronto takes him out. Um, maybe after you make yours, we can talk about who we think is going to be the other two top four teams. Honestly, when you first told me that question, I was low key thinking a little bit Toronto, but I'm not. I'm not. I'm not gonna actually gonna pick them. I'm gonna go an easier route, more boring route. You would say. I'm gonna go Optic in the final with, with LA Thieves. Okay, that'll be a very highly viewed final if that happens. Yeah, I'm gonna go with that. Okay, I don't mind it. Who you got winning it? Oh. I'm going to go the opposite route of what usually happens. I'm going to go with the LA Thieves first win. You think they're going to go basically a three-peat almost? Yeah. The Optic won last year first, and then they fell off the face of the earth basically after <laughs> that and the alien tree. <laughs> okay, you got Thieves win. I like it because they're, they're probably not a, a super common pick, you know? Like, they're coming in as like a middle-of-the-pack seed. weren't mm-hmm. too crazy, but they are coming off a win against Optic. I don't, I don't mind it, though. They have the talent to do it for sure. Yeah, definitely have their flaws, but you know, I think, and I think online, on on land, I should say, Octane plays a lot better. He's more into it. Seems 100%. like, yeah, hundred percent. Veteran players like that always seem to play better on land. Not, I, I honestly don't think it's because of the experience that much. I think it's because, like what you said, they're just like so over the BS of online that they just want to yeah. get to land and do their thing, and they're more focused. I hundred percent agree. That's what feels like to me with the dashy two a lot of times. A little more, a little more locked in. Yeah, but locked in LA, like online, just kind of whatever we lose to lose. Teacher's always a player like that to me, too, when he was playing well. Mm-hmm. Like online, yeah. I was just like, whatever. And then, like, get to land, Teach became a different animal earlier on in his career. Yeah, it's, it's not like you, it's like you're not trying. You're just like, you're just like so over. It's like, you're just more locked in. Like, the crowds into it. Like, you know, yeah. you know directly that you can see the trophy in front of you and the money on the line. Like, it's yeah. a little more tangible. That's you, you, you know what time it is, basically. Yeah. <laughs> Well, interesting though. We have completely different finals. Four different teams. Um, who's your teams? Who you got? Like you don't have to say who's third, who's fourth, but who do you have rounding out your top four? Mm. I was thinking maybe you'd take my teams I had in the finals out because I feel like Toronto and Faze are not bad picks. Toronto at the top four. Rocker. Rock, rocker phase, probably more likely. Okay, so you don't think Toronto's going to finish top four? I got them winning. <laughs> I know. Interestingly enough, I don't think Thieves is going to finish top four, and you've got them winning. <laughs> I I completely kind of forgot about Rocker for a second here. I like them. Man, this is tough because I like Rocker to be a team to finish top four. I like Thieves to be a team to finish top four. But the two teams I'm going to say, I'm going to say, in order, I'll say it. I think Optic's going to take third. I think uh, we'll have Boston at fourth. Okay. I like Boston to come on and have a strong weekend. But like, like I said... Rocker, Thieves, I think they could both be in the running for that. Probably a couple other teams not thinking of even New York can maybe make a run to that. I could see LAG making a run. Like I could see almost every team just because of everybody's two and two basically right now. Yeah. And one of our three and one teams lost to Vegas. Yeah, so it's, like, a, it's basically a toss-up. <laughs> and one of our one and three teams uh, is Florida, who's extremely good at search, which we know can be a recipe for success, aka LAG and Major 2. And yep. then one of our other one and three teams is Surge, who I think has immense talent. So like Everything's a toss-up. Who knows? Maybe a challenger team will win it all. 
that'd be that'd be just the way to kind of wild though like the year <laughs> kind of wild the both of us have completely different finals and both of our winners the other person doesn't have in uh in their top four mm-hmm. just shows yeah. what state we're in right now and how like normally we get like a three weeks of matches and we get five matches this time we got two weeks and only four matches and it's only like a month and a half after the game drops so we are in a state of of chaos um yeah we don't know what's gonna happen which is probably gonna make this weekend a lot of fun hopefully hopefully uh, honestly it, it would just be the chair and tap if a challenge team did win the first oh, i'd like first to see uh i'd like to see a challengers team at least make a run like a top six or something mm-hmm. i'd like to see them make a run because that'll um i hope challengers teams make a run and it makes it like the most exciting cdl tournament we've had like of the cdl era so they can start to consider the possibility of what it would look like to have more majors involving challengers players and open brackets and stuff. Yeah. So it's, and it's just better. It's how the CDL or CWL used to be. And it was better. Yeah. And the, the, just the expansion maybe. <laughs> yeah. I mean, damn it. We should be getting expansion three years ago, two years ago, last year, this year. Like we, who we knows? <laughs> like we need four more teams to make it uh 16. So we can have pool play at yep. every tournament. Because if we could have pool play at every tournament, like regardless of if they do it like this, I'd prefer if they did it the classic way where every team and each pool plays each other and then like the top two make it out of their group into winners and maybe the bottom two make it out in losers. Mm-hmm. I would personally like if that was the case, but who knows if we'll ever get there. Um, I almost forgot though. Last thing, MVP, who you got? So obviously you'd have to pick somebody from LA Thieves because you have the winning and I'd have to pick somebody from Toronto. Yep. I'm going with Dylan Envoy. He's been Makes frying. Sense. Yeah, has been frying. Uh, and their last two MVPs were Kenny in both events, so it feels like unless Kenny goes absolutely ballistic, they're going to want to give it to somebody else. Yeah. So this is interesting. I, I think we're going to have, if Toronto is to win, I think we're going to have a little bit of a ASIM and Spart situation from last year. I believe ASIM deserved Major 2 MVP, but the story was like Spart's like, first tournament. Like, could it be true? Can, yeah, like, how can you not give him MVP? I kind of think it was the case last year. I think it's going to be something similar. Um, I think Standy is going to be the catalyst. I think he's going to be the best player on the team this weekend. Um, mm-hmm. I think he probably deserve MVP, but it's going to be too good of a story that Scrappy wins uh, an event. And I think he's going to play very well. So, like, I think he's going to be, like, in the conversation for it. But I think Standy, maybe even Kleenex, I think is going to actually be the best player on the team, one of the subs, and they're going to dominate. But I think Scrappy. Wild pick, I know, because it's his first event, basically. But I think he's going to win MVP because unless he has stats clearly way worse than somebody else in his team, it's probably going to be like a great story for them to give it to him. A rookie yeah. winning MVP, kind of like Spart. Um, so I think it's going to end up being scrappy if Toronto is able to take it. That is definitely plausible. Yeah, I mean, I hope one of the finals that we predicted happens because LAT Optic is going to be very entertaining for obvious reasons. And I think Toronto phase would also be very entertaining. I wonder if, uh, let's say, if Toronto does get to the finals, is Scrappy chirping still in the finals? In oh, finals? He'll, be, he'll be chirping. <laughs> I, I was listening to, like, Stay Attached, <laughs> Attached's podcast. Like, yeah. I don't know if I ever finished the episode, but, like, I was listening to it in the car one day on the way home from work, and, like, he was basically talking about, like, how he'll trash talk. It doesn't matter if he loses. He doesn't care. I'll trash talk the next series because like, he's like, I'm just doing it for fun. I don't care if I lose and you talk trash to me. Like, I'm going to do it every series and never stop. So like, I think he'll be talking trash regardless. Okay, that's good. That's good to hear. Yeah, I think guys trying to become the, the new era, the new age aches. Basically what it sounds like, which I'm all I'm for it. We need guys like that. Aches yep. made the, the scene. 
he's like my favorite player, one of my favorite players of all time. Like he made the scene entertaining. We need more of that. We need more trash talking and just more entertainment. Makes for great storylines. 100%. All right. You got anything else before we wrap this one up? Um, Not really besides I would have picked Doug's team to win the whole thing if they're in, in it, but they're not in it this weekend. Unlucky. Yeah. Yep. I fully agree. And I, my last thought is I hope we see a challengers team make a run. Yeah. That'd be very cool to see, honestly. Yeah. All right. If you guys enjoyed this one, be sure to leave a like comment and subscribe on YouTube. If you're on the audio platforms, drop a follow, drop a five-star review. We're so close. If you guys are still listening here, drop a sub. If you are new and you're not subscribed, if you enjoyed, because we're two away um as we started recording this from 800 subs that'd be a cool milestone to hit ahead of the major here and keep our momentum rolling on the on the road to a thousand so um like i said if you guys enjoyed be sure to leave a like comment and subscribe tell us down below who you think's winning the major uh do you agree with us do you disagree do you have somebody completely different winning uh i think there are a lot of realistic possibilities to win this one so i want to i want to hear what you guys think so we will see you in the next one i hope you guys enjoy watching the major gonna be a busy weekend for both brock and i but I'll for sure be able to catch all of Sunday. So I'm looking forward to just chilling, watching that, and hopefully seeing some good, some good COD, a good grand final. So thank you guys so much for watching, and we will see you in the next one.